Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. We celebrate the birth of Christ, but he came to give up his life for us. So I, I never want to give Christmas too much credit. Okay, so have you started yet, Josh? Okay, good. I told Josh to wait for the signal today. <laughs> so this is, we, we, we are doing this as a podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast from this service, thank you for taking the time to do that. I appreciate you uh, sitting in with us as we talk about Easter. So um, he has risen indeed. Let's do a recap now that we're going, let's talk about what happened on Good Friday. So what was, good, what was good about Good Friday? So Good Friday, Good Friday is all about the death of Christ, right? I, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so God demonstrates his own love for us while we were yet still sinners. Christ died for us. So remember last week, I said there was this, this big chasm, and we're standing here, and God's on the other side, and there's this big gap in between and there's nothing that we could do in and of ourselves to get to God right we couldn't do it on our own strength we're not good enough in ourselves you might be a good person like I said last week you know you last week you don't cheat on your taxes you're you give well to people um, you're a good person but that's not good enough to make a bridge over to where God is right so God gave his son to die for us right and if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Not just a bit, but all of it. Right? So that was the bridge. So God, through the death of Christ, creates this bridge from us over here to him over there. And we have to walk the bridge. It's no good to see the bridge there in place, but to stay where we are over here. So by accepting, confessing and accepting Christ, we make the step, we walk over the bridge, and we're one, we're with God, with Christ. Right? It's, a, it's an amazing thing that happened on Friday. But, so Friday is about the sacrificial death of Christ. And you know, when, when Jesus was dying on the cross, the last thing he said was, it was finished. So if it was finished, what's, what's the point of Easter Sunday, or Resurrection Sunday, or however you want to say that? What's the point? I want to read you this poem. This, um, make sure I start on the first page. How many, how many slides did I skip? All right. So listen to this. It's Friday. This is a poem by... Um, can't think of his name now. It's on another slide, I'm sure. It's Friday, and Jesus is praying, Peter's asleeping, Judas is betraying, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, Pilate's struggling, the council is conspiring, the crowd is vilifying, they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the disciples are running like a sheep without a shepherd, Mary's crying, Peter is denying, but they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday, and the Romans beat my Jesus, and they robe him in scarlet, and they crown him with thorns, but they don't know that Sunday's coming. 
It's Friday and see Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood is dripping, his body is stumbling, his spirit is burdened, but you see it's only Friday and Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the world's winning, people are sinning, evil is grinning. It's Friday and the soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross and they, they raise him up next to criminals. It's Friday, but let me tell you something, Sunday's coming. It's Friday, and the disciples are questioning what has happened to their king, and the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know it's only Friday, and Sunday's coming. It's Friday, and he's hanging on a cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, and the earth trembles, and the sky grows dark, and my king yields his spirit it's Friday, hope is lost, death is won, sin is conquered, and Satan's laughing. It's Friday, Jesus is buried, and soldiers stand guard, and a rock is rolled in place. But it's Friday, it's only Friday, and Sunday's coming. And that's why we're here. That's because Sunday was coming, Sunday came. I didn't know if I'd be able to read through that poem out loud. The crucifixion is about the death and sacrifice. The resurrection is about life. Right? Um, you see, we believe that we serve a risen Savior, that the Friday wasn't the end, that the Sunday was a beginning. Right? It was a new beginning for us. Our God, our Christ, is not dead and in the ground. Right? And, and that is a celebration thing. Right? It was spoken about in the Old Testament. So let's, let's be clear that it wasn't just a new concept that came up in the New Testament. So here's a, uh, this is from the book of Job, which if you're reading the Bible chronologically, Job is actually the second book chronologically in the Bible, so it's old. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end he will stand, in the end he will stand on the earth, and in my, after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. So the concept of resurrection came quite early on. Uh, Paul talked about it. He said, God promised this good news long ago through his prophets and the Holy Scripture. The good news is about his son. And in his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Jesus himself actually spoke of the resurrection and of his death. So he says, Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and he would be killed. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. So they had a hard time with that concept, right? Because um, so Jesus died. Right? He was hung on the cross. He was physically dead. They saw him taken off the cross. He was put into the tomb. Stone was rolled across the face of the tomb. It was sealed. There were soldiers that were encamped around it because there was a rumor that the disciples were going to come and steal the body so they could say that he rose from the dead. So they stationed Roman guards. Uh, not just, you know, kind of uh, security, like the hockey game. You know, <laughs> guys with guns, right? They had their spears. They were full-on soldiers, right? And so 
if anybody went to that tomb to roll the, the stone away, there was going to be trouble, right? They were, they were going to pay with their lives. But somehow, these two women go on the Sunday morning to the tomb. Where's the soldiers, right? They're in a lot of trouble, if anything, you know, because the stone is rolled away. And these women enter the tomb. That's a very abridged version of the resurrection story, isn't it? But that's really what happened. He died, he was buried, they show up. And at this, I love, this is my most loved scripture in the Bible. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. It's the most, it's the most profound scripture to me beyond the, and I love it in the King James Version, that in the, when the fullness of time had come, then Mary gave birth to her son, in the fullness of time. But it was this, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. It's the culmination of history to that point. It is the culmination of the history of the Jewish people to that moment happened. The whole, the whole Jewish thing kind of worked its way to Christ. It pointed to Christ from the beginning. And he was the fruition of all the prophets and all the sacrificial system culminated in the death and resurrection of Christ. And Paul states that it's that important that our entire faith rests on the resurrection. If Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. It didn't rest on the death of Christ. It rests on the resurrection of Christ. Right? So if the sacrificial death of Christ accomplished forgiveness of sin, so that, that's what this did. The, the forgiveness, death and forgiveness made the bridge. So if we, can, if we can stand, cross the bridge and stand there, then what's the point? Why do, we, why do we need the resurrection for? Because the resurrection is about the life that we have once we've crossed the bridge. Right? It's about new life. Right? It's a new, it's a new life. It's a new day. So what the scripture says, it means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So the original creation of man was designed so God would have a relationship with man that he, that he created. And <laughs> we didn't last very long. Right? The, the first ones, you know, it says by, by, through Adam, sin entered the world. And it was all those years until we had the forgiveness of Christ available to us. Right? It's a gift from God and he, because he wanted to have a relationship with his creation. And, you know, it's, it's, it's new life. Right? The old is gone. Right? That if, you could, if you could put a blank slate... You know, the, the, one of the issues that we have is that we still see our past. You know, we see the things that have happened. We know the person that we were before we made a decision for Christ. And it doesn't matter what age you've made that decision at. You still have stuff to look back on, right? I, I made the decision for Christ. I was 15, right? What could you do at 15? Well, you can do a lot at 15. That deserves, because it's sin. Sin is sin at 15 or 60. Sin is still sin, right? But that old life, when I made that decision... My old life was gone, and a new life had begun. And look at the purpose of that life 
was that my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Right? One version says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So, what does abundant life look like to you? Okay, I'll open it up for a minute. What does abundant life look like to you? Everybody's so quiet all the time. Okay, so there's a thoughtful thing to, to think about later. What does abundant life look like to you? Well, this is, I found this really good website. It's called gotquestions.org. They're a really fantastic website if you ever want to go there. Uh, abundant life is a continual process of learning, practicing, maturing, as well as failing, recovering, adjusting, enduring, and overcoming. Because in our present state, and then they quote the First Corinthians, we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. One day we will see God face to face and we will and we will know him completely and will be known by him completely. So, abundant life does not mean a life of wealth and no trouble. Okay, I'm sorry that if you've been taught that, you've been misled. Uh, because scripture says that in this life you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Right? So, we know that trouble is going to be a part of us, and it, it doesn't matter if you've made a decision for Christ or not. Trouble will still be, will be part of your life. Well, when I think of abundant life, I think of a contentment that should come from knowing Christ. I think of, you know, we have the, the fruit of the Spirit listed in... Thank you. I was trying to think of where that one. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Right? I'm singing it in my head. Gentleness and self-control. Those things are, to me, a sign of abundant life. Right? Um, not a boring life marked with no change or challenge. Right? I'm, I'm 61 years old and I still believe that the best is yet to come. Yeah. Right? I, I fail to, to figure that I need to stop growing in my faith now that I've turned 60, now that I'm eligible for a pension, I'm done. Right? Everything has to be turned over to the younger generation and I no longer contribute. Right? I think that that's totally wrong. I believe that there is more that God has in store for me, and the adventure will end with my final breath. Right? I want to be adventuring for God until my final breath. Because, and then to me, that's when the real adventure begins. Right? Because it's not just about life now. Right? The, the resurrection of Christ isn't just about life now. Although it's important, and I want to live an abundant life, I want to live the life that Christ has for me. Uh, there was a book out that I read called The Last Arrow. And the guy's thing in this book is that, you know, he had, he had a quiver full of arrows, and on his last day, he wanted to have no arrows left in his quiver. Right? He wanted to have shot them all. And I thought, yeah, that, that's how I want to be, right? I want to go for God until I can't do it anymore and not just relax and kind of figure life should now happen. But it's not just about life on earth, although that's important. It's about eternal life. Like, uh, and if, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, this is Paul again speaking, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised at the first harvest, 
the first of the harvest, and then all who belong to Christ will be raised with him when he comes back, raised when he comes back. So we need to still remember that the gift of life that we have was not free, right? That God gave his son. It cost him everything that he had to have this relationship with us that would not just continue to our last breath, but for eternity. And you know what? <laughs> I, th- I sometimes think about eternity. And I mean, I'm a very uh, analytical person and very pragmatic, so like experiential. And I think, okay, eternity. That- that's a, l- a long time, right? Uh, will there be fishing? Right? Like, what's going to happen? Because I, I, I think sometimes, like, if it's just going to be, you know, um, eternity of church, like, I can't see that happening because I think God's more of an adventurer than that. Um, you know, I'm sure if it's fishing, it'll be catch and release, you know. Um, but, like, what's going to go beyond this time that lasts forever? And it, it's, you're trying to put uh, a spiritual mind into a, in a natural mind, and you, we just can't fathom at all what's going to happen. But I just think, if, if I have such a great life here on earth, and I have such an abundant life here on earth, and it's just seeing through a glass darkly or seeing a poor reflection in a mirror, how much better is it going to be later on in eternity, right? And it doesn't matter your past. That's the thing that's amazing to me. It doesn't matter your past, that there's forgiveness for all men. You know, there's some people that will say, well, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't go to your church because if I walk in the door of your church, I'll just light on fire. You know, and I, yeah, and I think that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. But some people think that. Some people have no, uh, no frame of reference when it comes to the things of God, right? They have, you, you can talk about God and they have no idea what you're talking about, right? But uh, it doesn't, you don't have to work your way up to some level before you qualify for forgiveness, Right? Um, yeah, and I, I just don't know another way to say that. There's no, there's nothing that you can do in your past that cannot be forgiven. I think people sometimes have a harder time dealing with the forgiveness, thinking that they're not worthy of the forgiveness, and trying to overcome what's happened in their past. And they have to get past that and understand that, yeah, you know what, you've, you've done some bad things, your bad things have happened. And I, I do agree that sometimes you have to make, you know, right. Um, reciprocity, like recompense, you know, take steps to, to deal with things in your past, but that doesn't separate you from God, yeah. right? That when, when you have this moment of forgiveness, you've walked the bridge, and you're forgiven, and that, that man on the other side of the bridge, he's gone, right? He's dead, because you have new life, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, and that, that's an amazing thing, that that person is dead, and, you know, we, we have the, um, the practice of baptism. And the picture in baptism, we, as a Pentecostal tradition, we believe that baptism is by total immersion. And the, the picture being that when you go under the water, um, you die with Christ. And when you come up out of the water, you're resurrected into new life. Right? That's the, the picture of, the, of baptism. Um, but you, you can't stay under the water. Right? You've got to come up. You've got to come up. And like, uh, yeah. And it's it's a new life. It's about new life, life presently, life in the future. This is how God loved the world. He gave His only Son, His one and only Son, that who, everyone who believes in Him, 
will not perish, but have eternal life. Okay, it's for everyone who believes. Not just, well, if you're over 21, you can believe, or under 21. Uh, it's everyone, right? God sent his son to the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through them, through him, right? It's about hope for the future, and it doesn't end here. So, like I said last week, that uh, it's about a time for decision. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, this was 2,000 years ago that this scripture was penned, but it's still now, right? People um, need to make a decision. They're, they're confronted with the reality of God. They're confronted with the forgiveness of God, and they fail to make a decision, right? And so... It's one thing to stand here on this side of the bridge, to see the bridge, to see the future, to know what the future holds for you, and stand here. Why would you stay there? What prevents you from making that decision? Well, what's God going to expect of me? What's God going to demand of me? What's my new, what, what are the demands that are, are going to be in that new life? What about my friends? I can't give those things up. Uh, you know, you can come up with a myriad of excuses to not cross that bridge, to not make that decision, but your life will not change until you cross that bridge. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that there aren't good people in the world, right? I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that there aren't... Um, you know, people that do good deeds and give lots of money and are philanthropists and, you know, and the opposite of, there's people that have done very bad things. But they're still all on this side of the bridge. And I don't believe that you can live the best life possible without being on the other side of the bridge. Right? You may, you may think that you have a good life now, but you have so much more in store when you've made that decision for Christ and have walked across that bridge, right? And like I said before, it doesn't mean that there won't be trouble. It doesn't mean that there won't be issues that happen, but you're on the right side of the bridge, right? You've got the help that you need. We have, we're on God's side of the bridge at that point, and we have that in our favor when we get to that side of the bridge that we don't have over here, right? The, the Bible says that we have a peace that can pass all understanding, Right? That's what's available to us on that side. So I want to challenge you this morning. Uh, again, if you have never made a decision for Christ, then today is your day of salvation. Right? Today is the day to make a decision for him, to ask for forgiveness, to, to ask him into your life. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast as well, today is your day. Uh, don't put it off until the next podcast comes out. Right, today can be your day. And I want to encourage people that, uh, I mean, it's, it's simpler for us who look at each other to, to come up after. And I want to encourage you that if you make a decision to follow Christ, you need to talk to Jasmine and myself. And we'd love to pray with you and encourage you and, and help you along that walk. Uh, if you have heard this podcast and you think, I have no idea what to do now, like, what do I do? Uh, I was trying to think of an easy way to do it, and saying Russ Brackenbury at C3 Church seems like such a long name. So if, if you email info at c3church.ca, they, we will be glad to reach out to people and help them. So um, this is a celebration Sunday. 
right? Jesus has risen from the dead. Our life is different, not because just that Christ died for our sins and we're forgiven, but because he rose from the dead and now we have new life, abundant life in Christ. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca. Thank you.